live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon. How are you? Happy Friday. November 18th, the year 2022. Skies have opened up. The sun has come out. My goodness. We, we actually see that orb in the sky for the first time in what feels like weeks. Still very, very cold, but it's a lot better when that sun is out. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. We are uh, less than a week away from Thanksgiving. So much to be thankful for. And uh, we're glad that you are here in whatever form or fashion that you are. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world and beyond on 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. I know a lot of you are listening right now as we are streaming. And if you're in the Acadiana area, well, we're on television. Yes, so you can match the face with the voice. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not so good. But, hey, you can do that because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3, and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, LSU basketball came up with their best performance of the season, getting better each and every opportunity that they get. And that's a uh, the good thing about it, is they took care of the UNO privateers 91-62 to keep their 27-game in-state win streak alive. They have dominated against opponents inside the the boot, proverbial boot. Um, a lot of guys got to play. Justice Hill um, had 12 points. Uh, the game was just Derek Fountain off the bench with 15. Cam Hayes off the bench with 13. So everybody got to play. Um, nobody played more than 26 minutes out of the 40 minutes. And uh, so that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. You you play a lot, you win, you keep everybody happy. And now you get to go on the road because next up, Illinois State in the Cayman Islands Classic on Monday. And uh, if you think LSU football had a weird time starting at 11 o'clock against Arkansas, LSU men's basketball will tip it off at 10 a.m. Central Time against Illinois State. Congratulations to Bob Marlin, as you heard in the two-minute drill, with with his accomplishments. The Cajuns are the favorite to win the Sun Belt Conference to get into the NCAA tournament, uh, and they did just that by winning yet again, and that's great. we got a gay, really good basketball game tonight. The New Orleans Pelicans taking on the Eastern Conference-leading Boston Celtics. This will be a true litmus test for this Pelicans basketball team, who's won three in a row. They're doing well. Does um, uh, Zion make it back tonight? We shall see. Uh, But a great opportunity for them 
along those lines. So um, we've got that going on as well. Um, football news. LSU, UAB, the sixth-ranked Tigers, eight and two overall, six and one in the SEC. Going to be a cold late night. I don't understand. Eight o'clock at night, ESPN two, but you can turn on the TV set, turn down the sound, and listen to the call of the game here on one zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. The Blazers might be one of the better five and five teams in football. Uh, Brian Kelly. Talked about some things during his Thursday night uh, radio show. Brian Thomas has cleared concussion protocol. He's going to play tomorrow. Defensive back Seven Banks has really made progress. Uh, he had con- consultations with a spine specialist earlier in the day. He hasn't seen the, uh, Kelly hasn't seen the results from that, but he hopes to have some good news to report next week. Um, draft eligible players. Brian Kelly, he's had discussions with him. He said, uh, look, don't read into anything about who's participating in tomorrow's senior night events. Quote, we've got a pretty good understanding. I think some guys over the next week or two will make public announcements as to what their intentions are. Jaden Daniels, come on back, baby. Come on home. Come on back for one more year. Um Kelly did acknowledge that Daniels is holding onto the ball too long at times. Has a lot to do with defensive recognition. He said Arkansas did a phenomenal job of mixing things up, caused confusion, caused some indecision. When you have indecision, you're not reacting and you're holding onto the ball because you don't want to make a mistake. Yeah, that's just part of the deal. Kelly said they have to do a better job of coaching and prepping Daniels on a day to day basis to give him all the looks he'll see. But he has to do his part as well, and that is so, so true. Uh, we will have uh, the following today. Sheldon Mickles will join us from The Advocate. We'll talk about LSU's basketball team. Uh, slow start, not very convincing wins in their first two, but a, a blowout in their third. So we'll see where they've made progress there. Preston Guy will join us after that, and we'll talk all LSU football as they get ready for UAB. Got to stop the run. No question about that. But honestly, you want to put your best foot forward, okay? You really want to get the taste of that Arkansas game out of your mouth. You want to come out, execute, get that thing rolling, get that snowball going down the hill, and let it keep rolling. Numbers, to me, are important. You're supposed to beat UAB. You're favored by 14 and a half. Why don't you double it? Beat them by 28, make people say, oh, okay, there you go. It's certainly doable if LSU plays up to their potential. So Preston Guy will join us. Corey Diaz will join us to talk about the Raging Cajuns. They're going to get about a million, million two to go to Tallahassee and probably get beaten, maybe get beat bad. I don't know. Florida State has certainly turned around their season, um, and they are playing much better. They won their first three games, including that LSU gift then they lost three straight games. Now they've won three straight. Odd to have this uh, payoff game this late in the season. Remember, the Cajuns are one win away from becoming bowl eligible. They've got Texas State next weekend in San Marcos to try and get to that. Our number two, Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. It's not a very good uh, look around the league this week. Uh, when can Georgia at Kentucky, Ole Miss at Arkansas are your best games. Well, we'll talk about that, get his thoughts on LSU. Georgie Faust from KLFY 
for some good, good high school playoff action tonight. Number nine, Acadiano, eight and three on the season. At number eight, Karen Crow, who's seven and two. Uh, all the storylines are there in this select Division One showdown. District rivals. The regular season meeting came down to a two-point conversion for a one-point win. Whew, this has all the makings of a really, really good one. We'll talk some high school football playoffs with George. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will pick our nine games of the day, including Celtics at the Pels, um, TCU at Baylor. Ooh, this could be this could be the this could be the ruination of the Horned Frogs. You never know. Bedlam, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. The the battle for Los Angeles, USC at UCLA. I'd be very worried if I'm an Ole Miss Rebel because they got to go play at Arkansas. It's going to be even colder than it was for the LSU game. Beware Rebels. Georgia at Kentucky. The Cajuns at Florida State. The Blazers at LSU. And we'll pick just one NFL game because uh, it's a bad schedule. But we'll have the Rams at the Saints. Whew, Saints are four-and-a-half-point favorites in that dog. I don't know. Um, so those are the games that we shall pick so we got a busy busy day planned for you and yours it's a fun filled football friday no question uh we've got another great deal from acadianadeals.com today you can get a 30 dollar voucher to mudcat whiskers for just 15 dollars. that's a 30 dollar deal for half the price once again visit acadianadeals.com today to get you a 30 dollar voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for only $15. Okay. Mudcat Whiskers. We'll take our first time out of the day. We'll talk some LSU hoops with Sheldon Mickles of The Advocate when we return on this Friday edition, November 18th, of the Jordy Hulpert Show here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the World Series champion Houston Astros and the SEC-bound LSU Tigers. We'll be back. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we welcome you back 15 minutes after the hour. Even though we call it a football Friday, we are going to start off with some hoops because Matt McMahon's LSU Tigers um, must have had their best game of the early season to improve to 3-0 and as they took care of business, beating the UNO Privateers 91-62. Sheldon Mickles, our basketball expert because he covers the Tigers for the Advocate, Kind enough to join us yet again. Happy Friday there, Sheldon. What's happening, buddy? Hey, Jordy. You having a good day. How about you? Not bad at all. Looks like the men's hoops team had a had a good game as well. So uh, from game one to game three, what was the biggest difference in your mind? Well, uh, first, uh, you know, UNO has, was very outmanned. They you know, they've, they've had a good team a couple of years now on the Mark Schlesinger yeah. and, right. um, they, they just not, they just don't have the bodies they used to. And then plus they were missing their leading scorer last night. Jordan Johnson who was averaging 14 and a half points a game 
Um, and you know, but uh, you know, you, you can't you can't discredit what LSU did. Uh, LSU, um, you know, shot the ball better. They still had 14 turnovers, but they shot the ball better. They're shooting it well from three, and uh, they they just looked like they were getting more in a flow that they getting together and uh, playing playing better together. And and when you could put 12 scholarship players on the floor and every wow. one of them score, I think uh, I think any coach would take that. So uh, all in all, you know, it was a, it was a good win. Um, they led by as many as 22 in the first half, and I think it was 34 in the second half. But, um, you know, it, it, it's going to take a little while, uh, as we said, after that first game. And, uh, but I thought they made a lot of progress last night. Ten players uh, on the court getting double-digit minutes. I know Matt likes to play about um, eight maximum, but in a game like that, the more you play, uh, I guess the better. Who is – is um, is Adam Miller the go-to guy on this team? Is, is, is he the guy? Absolutely. Um, you know, he didn't have a great night last night, and uh, they held him under double digits. And um, Mark Schlesinger was kind of pleased with that, that, uh, you know, a player of that caliber, they held him under double digits. Uh, but, um, you know, they have enough people around him to where if he has an off night, I think they have a chance to win. I mean, K.J. Williams, uh, uh, he's been getting in foul trouble the first three games, but if they could keep him on the court early in the game, I think he would get more into a rhythm. Uh, but uh, last night, I mean, you, you had two guys came off the bench, Derek Fountain, and uh, who has SEC experience with Mississippi State, uh, Derek Fountain and uh, Cam Hayes, who came from North Carolina State. Uh, yeah. Both of those guys came off the bench and had a really good game to pick, pick things up a little bit. I mean, uh, Derek Fountain had scored four points in the first two games. He had, uh, I think it was 11 at halftime, 11. It was 11 or 13, one of the two. And, uh, in, in like 10 minutes of playing time. And he finished with 15. Uh, and Cam Hayes had 13, hitting a few three pointers, you know, in the second half. So those two guys came off the bench and it kind of shows you the potential they have on the bench, uh, with, with guys like that. And, uh, you know, I thought I thought both of those were good, and you know, uh, played well. And uh, Matt McMahon was pretty pretty pleased with the bench production. They got 51 points. Uh, I think they had 22 or so in the first two games off the hmm. bench. So the production was very very good off the bench. And um, you know, Justice Hill had his overall good game. You know, I might mention also Derek Fountain. He had eight rebounds and he had seven steals. Uh, LSU Jeez. had 17 steals on the night, forced 23 turnovers. But, I mean, a guy comes off the bench and he had wow. four or five, six or six free throws, uh, 15 points, eight rebounds, and seven steals. That was a pretty good night, and I think he played 17 total minutes. He, he, so did. A, he did. That's a heck of a that, night for 17 yeah. minutes. That, that's getting your bang for your buck, and that's certainly going to draw the attention of the coaches. Has, be, has he been heavily involved in the rotation early on in the season? Because I don't remember his name popping up. You know, it, it was funny. He scored four points against Kansas City, but uh, the, the thing I noticed, and of course we haven't seen a lot of practice. We saw 30 minutes of uh, individual drills the first day of practice, and that's been it. But it shocked me, it stunned me a little bit, he was the first guy off the bench in the Kansas City game. So, like four minutes into the game, 
he's the first one off the bench. And uh kind of kind of stunned me for a minute. I didn't think, you know, he, he maybe, you know, had, um, you know, gotten the – I guess he's he's played well in, in practice. And that's what uh, Matt McMahon said last night. Both him and Cam Hayes have played well in practice, and they got their opportunity because of it. Matt, Matt said it many times, and, and it's yeah, a lot of coaches say this. You have to earn your minutes with him. And uh, that was a pretty good indication to me that uh, Derek Fountain, you know, had earned his minutes to be the first guy off the bench on the opening night. Absolutely. Um, who's the best outside shooter on this club? Well, uh, Adam Miller has shown it. Uh, I don't remember what he was last night, but he has shown it, especially with his three-point shooting. Um, last he night, was only, uh, Justin he Hill was one for three, seven last threes. night. Um, let's see who else did. Yeah, Mawani hit. Mawani Wilkinson hit three threes. So they've been, you know, they've been good on threes. Um, Tuesday during his news conference preview in the UNO game, Matt McMahon was kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say upset, but he was uh, a little concerned about his two-point shooting. They've been shooting the ball well from three. They were, they were shooting 39% in the first two games from three-point range and only 41.8 uh, on their two-pointers. And that, that 41.8 was, uh, you know, 303rd in the nation. And last night uh, they were 18 of 30 from uh, two-point, you know, on two-point baskets. So that's 60%. So they improved quite a bit, and uh, you know Matt mentioned it last night. I uh, said that was a uh, kind of a point of emphasis, I imagine, in practice, and he he said yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Sheldon Mickles. They, they worked on the two pointers. They they worked on the inside game a little bit yesterday. Okay. I mean uh, this week, and it showed last night. I'm curious, Sheldon. You've seen a lot of LSU basketball games and, uh, and teams rather throughout your years. And you know what this city attracts to. Yeah, they like to win, but they like like exciting basketball. Is this going to be a team that this fan base is going to rally behind, you think? You would hope so. I mean, a new coach and a new beginning and, you know, a lot of new players. And, uh, you know, um, the thing the thing was that there was a lot of excitement behind Will Wade and, and his team and, and the players he brought in. And, uh it, the reality is that it, it's a new team, so you hope that people kind of take to right. them and, uh, you know, go out and, and attend the games. I, I know, you know, last night wasn't a, a terrible crowd, but there was not a lot of students there. And uh, But uh, they're not going to be a flashy team like Will Wade's team was, gotcha. you know, running up and down the court at breakneck speed. That's not his yeah. game. He wants to be offense and defense balanced, and I, I think he's kind of done that. Um where, where, um, you know, Will was wanting to, you know, get shots up real quick. I think they're more patient, uh, in the half court okay. game than, than yeah. we've seen in the last five years. So now it's not going to be Trent Johnson slow now, but it's <laughs> going to be, it's, it's a little, it's a little bit slower. And, and, um, you know, Matt McMahon likes to be, you know, balanced with offense and defense. And, and I think, uh, I think you're going to see maybe more production out of that defense than you have the last few years. They took 58 shots. That's uh, that's not nearly enough under the Will Wade system. Uh, have you talked to Will Wade? What's he doing, by the way, just out of curiosity? Um, I have not talked to him. I've texted him a few times. He's texted back and uh, you know, just kind of you know mentioned here and there a couple of things, but not not anything extensive. Okay. Um, 
uh, he's he's back in in uh, Chattanooga. He he never sold his house that he had okay. when he uh, when he was coaching there. They uh, they've moved back to Chattanooga, uh, but uh, have not have not talked to him. And I don't know I don't know what he's doing. I've I've had people you know that that are you know really good friends with him that told me that they they've talked to him and and you know recently and stuff like that. But um, nothing. Um, Looks like looks like he might be going on a few vacations, uh, which uh, he rarely ever did before. Yeah. So Good maybe he's a, you know he's got a little downtime and and is enjoying that maybe hopefully and uh, yeah you know he, he's going to get back into something. I, I know I don't know what it's going to be, but you know if it's not analytics, uh, mm-hmm. if it's uh, co- uh, scouting somewhere, but he, right. he's going to get back into something. No I, I, but I haven't I don't know that for a fact. He's got too good of a basketball mind. He'll be fine. All right, Sheldon Mickles, are you heading to the Cayman Islands? Fingers crossed. Uh, no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> a little bit pricey. A little bit pricey, and plus uh, we have early deadlines all next week because of Thanksgiving. So uh, action. Okay. Just, uh, I'll be I'll be watching and then uh, putting a story up on the uh, the old online or the new online as you call it uh, as you would right, call it. Right. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll be watching them and. Uh, Trying to trying to get a hold of Matt McMahon if I can on the phone after games and our, our man Kent Lowe will keep us informed while he's over yeah. there. While he's uh, well, one thing about Will Wade, man. On he, beach. Yeah, one thing about Will Wade, he returns your text. Now Matt McMahon, he's a little slow on that, so uh, we got to get him up <laughs> to speed there. But uh, other than that, it's all good. Sheldon, have a happy, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Thank you so much. You too. Have a good Take one. care, man. Sheldon Mickles of the advocate um lyle lovett and his acoustic group are coming to the hayman performance uh, the hyman performing arts center on friday february 24th you won't want to miss this incredible night of live music tickets go on sale today you can get your tickets at ticketmaster.com once again get your tickets today at ticketmaster.com to see lyle lovett and his acoustic group at the hyman performing arts center back to football lsu uab next stay with us A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, we're back 31 minutes after the hour of football Friday, and uh, we're back to football. LSU UAB, 8 o'clock kickoff, Tiger Stadium. God, I don't understand it, but it is what it is. Um, our next guest is a staff writer covering LSU football and recruiting at TigerBait.com. The always dapper Preston Guy joining us. PG, how are you? Hey, what's up, Jordy? Uh, man, it's Friday. Um, it's a good day. It's a good day. The sun's out. It's great. Uh, anything concerning you, uh, about this LSU UAB game with the Tigers favored by 14 and a half and it's held that way all week long. Well, I've got a lot of concerns. Uh, the biggest concern is, man, you've only got two games that you're going to easily win before you have to play Georgia, the number one team in the country in the SEC championship. Those are my concerns right now. <laughs> Boy, that's, that's a, I, if, if I could have only those concerns, it'd be a good day. It would be a very good day. Um, 
do style points mean anything to you in this one? 14 and a half points? Yeah, they They're do. just coming off yeah, of a... I've been talking about that uh, after the game at Arkansas. I told everybody, I said, look, guys, you know, you're playing for the playoffs at this point. And yeah. like it or not, you know, it's subjective. It is, it is open to interpretation how good you are. I, I do believe that LSU wins out. LSU will be in the playoffs. They're going to find a way to put them in there because, my goodness, they've been you know killing everybody, Ole Miss, Alabama, and then you would have beaten Georgia, the number one team in the country, on your way to an SEC championship. Right. I just don't right. see a way where they wouldn't find a way to put you in. But that being said, if you go out and look sloppy against UAB and you mm-hmm. get one of those upset alert clips on ESPN that runs around the country, those perceptions matter. Um, and you got to look impressive. If you keep on having these struggle wins, you know they they might have enough fuel to put Georgia and Tennessee ahead of you, despite having beaten Georgia. And then you've got uh, you know you, you've got other teams across the country with less losses than you. Your wins have to be spectacular, impressive. And LSU failed to do so against Arkansas. That being said, the way I looked at it was they had a lot of reasons to be, to have a slow start. It was 11 a.m., it was below 40 degrees, it was off an emotional win, it's on the road in the SEC against an opponent you might be overlooking, but they got the win. That's yeah. You'd love to say that's all that matters, but ultimately it would have been better to get some style points with a big win. So that's what LSU is going to be looking to do the next couple of weeks, and I expect them to do it. My audience is tired of me saying this, but I'll tell you, Again, um, I've always said LSU should have its bye game, bye week after the Alabama game. It's too emotional. It's too physical. You got to rest up, and then you play after that. That that's just always been my opinion. Not 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 just this year, but for 15, 20 years, as long as Saban's been there, it's too much of an emotional buildup, and it's an obvious letdown. Uh, but to your point, they did get the win. Are you? Are you thinking that um, the lack of offensive production against Arkansas, was that an anomaly, or are you concerned of the carryover effect from that? Well, clearly it's just that the players weren't drinking enough of that chicken broth they had on the sideline. <laughs> they had just been chugging that. They would have been fine, but, you know, hey, <laughs> us Southern boys. Like, that, that sounded to me like a Yankee solution, but then I saw some Nebraska University research stuff apparently – has some sort of effect with muscles and cold weather. What do I know, man? Um, But, you know, the offense kind of reverted back to what it looked like against Auburn and at times earlier in the season with these real slow, sluggish starts. And I was telling people after the offense looked so great against Florida, you know, it's like, all right, do it once and it's an anomaly. Do it twice and you might be on to something. And three times, that's a, that's a habit, though. Well, then yeah. you reverted out of that habit. I, I, I think that what we've seen, you know, three of the last four weeks or three of the last four games of LSU is probably what we're, what the offense actually is. I do think the offense is going to pick it up, especially you've got a great team to pick it up against here, UAB. That's a real good team to really, you know, work out mm-hmm. some of the kinks, get healthy, right. get you guys back out there. Not to mention, I don't think UAB has the, you know, the caliber of athletes to stop an athlete like Jaden Daniels. We've seen what Jaden Daniels does against lesser competition like New Mexico and Southern this year, and he cooks mm-hmm. them. He cooks them, and I expect he'll continue to do that against UAB this weekend. Uh, I'd be shocked if you don't see the offense score 40 points. 
One official visitor in town this week, four-star defensive lineman Jordan Hall of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, all these wins and this unexpected nature of this LSU football season has got to be helping recruiting, right? I mean, they're they're in the, the upper echelon of the upper echelon. Yeah, they are. They're looking to close out a top-five class. One of the cool things about this year is you're not limited by how many people you want to bring in. So, yes, you have – I mean, I think it's 24 guys committed right now. Usually, most years, it's like, okay, well, you got one more spot left. No, not this year. Right. Um, I, I have sources telling me 28 would be, like, the lower end of what they might end with. So if they see a guy, they like him, they're going to take him. Uh, and so, so watch for some spots to open up. I'm going to tell you, um, the two guys, the two big-name guys they're pushing on is uh, uh, Jordan Taviano and uh, yep. Desmond Ricks, two five-star defensive backs. Watch for them. I feel good about Taviano. Ricks, I also feel good about Ricks, but you are in a battle with Ricks, uh, much more so than Taviano. So watch out, guys. This class is going to be a top-five recruiting class. And yeah. I'm starting to notice a pattern at LSU. Um, Nick Saban comes in, top-five classes. Les Miles comes in, top-five classes. Ed Ogeron comes in, top-five classes. Now Brian Kelly's here. <laughs> Lo and behold, you got a top-five recruiting class. And, 2024 is shaping up very nicely with uh, the five-star kid Colin Hurley coming in uh, at quarterback. So watch out, man. Uh, Brian Brian Kelly, for a guy who can't recruit, he's doing a lot of recruiting. Yeah. Well, let's hope he can do what those other three affirmation names did and hoist that trophy one day. Uh, That would be terrific. We haven't talked about the the transfer portal yet, so we'll see what happens there. Here's the last question. Um, Well, not the last question, but – uh, a very important question to me. Your thoughts, Jaden Daniels. Is he back to LSU next year, or do you think he tries his ways in the NFL? Well, that's a very interesting one, and with every week I lean more toward he might come back. I don't know. Um, what, what stands out to me is he's technically a senior, although you know he, could, you know, he has his super senior year next year. He's, right. This is his fourth year in college, and he's played all four. He could have participated in senior night if this was a done decision for him. He's not. He's right. not. Neither is a, a number of notable guys like Tremont Shorts and John Emery. Um, then that's pretty revealing to me because he knows that if he had a feeling that he, he you know, was leaving, he would just participate in senior day. And, you know, it's not like senior day locks you in. <laughs> you can do two, technically. But right. he chose not to. So that, to me, is somewhat revealing that it's at least on the table for him. Now, looking at his decision, um, I I believe I saw he was ninth quarterback on some guys' boards right now. So that's, you know, although some years it seems like nine go in the first round. uh, That's still, we're talking about third or fourth round pick. And third or fourth round pick sounds a lot like 750K a year to me for about three years. Good money, no doubt. You and I would probably stop what we're doing and take that. But in the age of NIL, I wonder, I wonder, I don't know how much NIL money could be on the table. We saw he inked a deal with Gordon McKernan. I don't know how much he's given him, and I don't know how much would be on the table for him to come back next year and compete for a championship, Heisman. I mean, everything's on the table. So we'll have to see – no, I'm with you. I, I, be, I believe he comes back. I think he 
I think he needs more work. I think the the uh, amount of progress he's made to date with this coaching staff is phenomenal. Uh, and I think he could behoove himself to get some more in-depth work and training. And I think he could be a first-round pick. I, I really do. If he has the kind of year I think he's capable of having next year, because I think LSU is going to be really good next year uh, if he comes back. I agree, and I think even if he doesn't come back, the team will be good. It's just going to have to find a new identity because uh, Walker Howard's pretty darn good, and yeah. uh, if, if he's not the starter, then that means Nussmeyer was even better. So I, I think LSU is going to have a really strong team. I mean, LSU is way ahead of schedule, Jordy. We should not be yeah. having this conversation this early. It's remarkable what Brian Kelly has done here. No doubt. And his coaching said, and look, they lost their best player in the first game. What, what, what would sure this team be with Mason Smith out there? You know, what would it, what would it be? Oh, well, their first drive. I mean, think yeah. about this pass rush. And I'm not, look, Makai Garner, I'm, I'm sorry, Makai Wingo, there's too many Makais on the team. Uh, Makai Wingo has done very well at defensive tackle. But, you know, he's a smaller guy. He, he does not have the talent Mason Smith has. Mason Smith is a right. 6'5" long-limbed wall of man flesh. Makai is a technically (laughs) sound. He's 5'11", and, you know, he's he's been a good presence on the interior. Could you imagine Mason Smith, Ali Gay, B.J. Ojolari, and then you've got Harold Perkins running around like a a freaking manhunter, like some sort of Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson breed, plus 50 pounds. (laughs) You know, uh, this front seven would be disgusting. It's well, look, all those mess. So, yeah, doubly impressive. All you NIL supporters out there, you got to divvy it up. Perkins got to get his cut, but you got to get Daniels. You got to get Daniels back. If you get Daniels back, you got a shot. You really got a shot. I don't know if it's going to be a 12 team playoff or a four, but you got a shot with him. You really do. Um, Preston Guy, thank you. Uh, good luck with all the yeah, work no you got to do starting at eight o'clock to, uh, Saturday night, but I greatly appreciate it. We'll be, we'll be in touch. And if I don't, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Looking forward to this 8 p.m. kickoff with a with a approximately 1 to 2 a.m. postgame yeah. show. So y'all yeah, can check that's, this out. That's, that's just awesome. Better you than me, young fella. Better <laughs> you than me. Take care, man. Take care. That's Preston Guy. You too, Jordan. Uh, com. Your Alexa or Google Home speaker helps you out around the house. It allows you to control your lights, your thermostats, just about everything. But did you know it can also play the game? Well, of course it can. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. Do the smart thing. Have one hundred three set the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, everywhere you go. Cajuns getting the money to take on the Seminoles. We'll have the last word on that with Corey Diaz when we continue on this Football Friday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. All right, welcome back, boys and girls. 47 minutes after the hour, we've talked the Tigers. Now it's time to talk Cajuns. They head to Tallahassee to take on the Florida State Seminoles. It's a big money game. The Seminoles are 24-and-a-half point favorites in this one. Corey Diaz covers 
the Cajuns for the USA Today Network and the Daily Advertiser. Corey, good afternoon. Thanks for your time, buddy. How are you? Hey, Jordy. Doing just fine, man. How are you guys? Good, good. Are you heading to Tallahassee? You staying put? What are you doing? You got high school football? How can you be everywhere? <laughs> well, it uh, seems to be the, the issue, Jordy. I can't. No, we're, we're going to uh, – I think we'll, we'll hunker down for some uh, high school playoff uh, football okay. action tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure we're tuned in really, really intently uh, tomorrow morning for the for the UL Florida State game. So uh, we'll, we'll be able to do some – Coverage from there, and, and obviously jump in post game with Des afterward tomorrow. So, um, but we'll, we'll we'll have everything you might would need to to follow along. It's unusual to have a money game this late in the season. Money's is very important. What what is there to gain? Um, you know, nobody's picking UL to to have a shot in this thing. But of course, you never know in in sports. You just never know. They're trying to get bowl eligible. They still have a chance in their regular season finale at Texas State. So, so what is the? I, I know they want to win, obviously, but after that, what is the goal in this game for the Raging Cajuns? You think? Yeah, I think it's. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of things. You know, if, if if they look up at halftime, you know, and this is a situation, Jordy, where you know the game's pretty much already in hand. It's a perfect opportunity to, to to run a lot of your younger guys out there, um, give yeah. them some some snaps. You know, first off, you know if they get to see a really big football stadium, you know there'll probably be a, a large crowd there, uh, Doe Campbell Stadium, and um, you know obviously the the talent level. I mean, even your you know even your reserves for Florida State are going to be <laughs> you know wow. high level, you know three star, right. low level four star guys. So you you know you you get quality reps. You know, in a in a game, uh, and too, you know, especially early on, you know, you want to, again, with with you still needing one more win, you know, to get into the bowl picture with with your six there. Obviously, even if you don't get it in Tallahassee, but you can, you know, you can work out some keeps, um, you know, against Florida State. You know, you can, you know, you can try maybe a different combination along the offensive line you know, and you think that's something that they dealt with right the last couple of weeks you know with with Jack Harrington missing some time and Carlos Rubio missing some time along the offensive line you know maybe you maybe you try a different combination just to see how those five would work together in a game or, or uh, you know maybe you try some some different blitz packages or some different coverages uh, to see how those things might work in a game you know it's, it's a it's a good test to Kind of work out some of those kinks, or maybe try uh, one or two things a little bit differently, just to see how you know your guys kind of execute, react to it, you know, live, real time during the game. Uh, there, there are some positives uh, to, to take away from this. Not Corey you know, Diaz to, with us, I think. Check, but um, it's I think he's with win. us. Corey, you still there? Things. Stayed handily, thirty-eight to eighteen. Um, you know, then they back that up with two straight losses to Southern Miss and Detroit, respectively. Uh, but the very good win against Georgia Southern. That, look, the, you got you're going to take your beating. You're going to take your lumps on this one. And Florida State has a chance to to feel good and get right. And I don't know what kind of crowd they're going to have at eleven o'clock. I don't. You know, Florida State's used to playing some other teams uh, in the ACC and and their rival in Miami and Florida, those kind of things. So. I don't know if they're going to have a, a really, really good crowd uh, for this one, but you want to get through it. 
uh, as and, and you want to play hard. You want to give it your best shot, obviously. Um, man, got to stay healthy because everything's pointing toward that regular season finale uh, against Texas State in, in San Marcos. And if you win that one, then you, you get bowl eligible, and that's a feather in Coach Dez's hat. Uh, they lost a lot of players from a year ago. A lot of players went to uh, – followed Napier to Florida. Others graduated. Uh, Levi, uh, you know, Levi Lewis, he graduated. So you, you're bringing in new quarterback. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. Uh, but if you become bowl eligible, then then you got a shot. Then you got a shot. So um, that's it. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Corey, are you there now? Hey, Jordy, I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can hear you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, would you Perfect. agree with that? I mean, it's like, you know, okay. Let's try and stay as healthy as we can, and let's let's get through this thing. Let's get our check, and then let's go on, because um, the big game is the next one after this one. Yeah, a hundred percent, Jordy. I, I think uh, you know if you're if you're writing down a, if you're jotting down a list of your priorities, you know, uh, with this Florida State game, uh, number one has to be we got to we got to get out of there hundred percent healthy or as close to it as, as absolutely right. possible. Because right, I mean. You know, with with these two games, you look at both of them. Obviously, you have a much greater chance of getting your sixth win and getting bowl eligible at San Marcos at Texas State the following weekend. So you want to make sure you're you're 100 ready to go for that game. Um, you know, and, and if I was Des, you know, at Florida State this weekend, if I'm looking up at halftime and we're already down four scores, I'm probably pulling a lot of my guys. You know, let's no let's get the young guys out there, get them some reps. Let's make sure we're as healthy as possible so we can try to get that sixth win the following week at Texas State. Well, yeah, you, well, you want to start fast. You want to see if you can put some pressure and, and make Florida State think a little bit. Uh, that That is always the key anytime you go on the road, but particularly when you're a, nearly a 25-point underdog in this thing. So um, that's what you have to do. It, it was What was the most impressive win for the Cajuns in your mind this year? Who they played, where they played them, and and the results. Where, where did they put it all together in your mind? <laughs> that's a that's a great question, Jordy. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it, I guess it comes from my you know Conference USA days. Um, anytime a, a a visiting team can win at the Jones at Marshall, that that's a big win. It's uh, a big win. With, yeah. With a midweek game. Uh, I know they had a great crowd there that night. I mean, going up there, and again, you have to take into account, too, going up there, uh, UL was not playing their best football going up there. And for them to put that thing together, uh, to me, that was probably their most impressive win on the year so far. Now, obviously, you know, beating Georgia Southern the way that they did and how they were able to really limit, you know, what they they like to do in the passing attack, uh, that was certainly impressive. Um, but I think going on the road, beating a Marshall team that, you know, for all intents and purposes, was just a couple of weeks removed from, from beating Notre Dame and South Bend, to me, that was a big win. Gotcha. Corey, I'll leave you on this one. If, and I'm not, but if I wanted to make an investment in this game, do I take uh, the Cajuns and the 24-and-a-half, or do you think Florida State wins by more than 24-and-a-half? <laughs> that, see, that's another – Great question, too, because I, I guess if I were setting the odds, I'd probably have it at 24. So maybe that half point will come into play here. Uh, oof. I, I, would, I would put maybe 50 cent on, on UL to win this game. I, I don't know. That's 
the, the spread is absolutely perfect to me. That to me, you know, Vegas usually gets a lot of these things right. So um, that that's right where I would draw the line. It's, okay. It's, but with that, it's really tough to say what the what the spread will be after this thing. So um, yeah, may, maybe you know, we'll if see. you're if you're a gambler, may, maybe you put a little bit of money on UL. All right. Well, enjoy the high school playoffs tonight. Um, Eleven o'clock kickoff for the Cajuns in Tallahassee. Corey Diaz, keep up the great work. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and thank you for your time today. Yeah, happy holidays to you guys as well. Uh, appreciate All you, right. as always, Jordy, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my man. You got it, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, that's our number one. Our number two, we'll go around the SEC with Adam Spencer, George Faust. We'll talk more high school football, and then we'll make our picks. Our number two straight ahead on the Jordy Helpert Show. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this football Friday, November 18th, the year 2022. The Iron Man will not be playing for the New Orleans Saints this Sunday. Cam Jordan is out. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, he has been uh, a workhorse forever and a day. Work Pete Werner's out. Mark Ingram, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Sam. It's just, anyway, enough on the Saints. Uh, it's a bad week of games in the SEC. It just is. Austin P, Eastern Tennessee, uh, UMass, um, t- just to name a few uh, teams out there. So, anyway, but we'll talk about it because Adam Spencer, from Saturday down south is joining us. Adam, good afternoon. How are you? I'm hanging in there, Jordy. Uh, you know, we got one more week here until rivalry week. So, you know, we're all yes. just trying to make it through, uh, not fill up too full on these cupcakes and uh, and get through the get through to the holiday with the real uh, meat is on the bone here. Uh, your thought, if I'm uh, if I'm an Ole Miss Rebel fan, I'm very very worried heading into Arkansas. We saw what Arkansas did against a, a kind of a down LSU team. LSU got the win. It's going to be even colder. Ole Miss coming off that loss to Alabama. Um, what's their mindset going to be like? Their, their chances for a national cha- uh, playoff bid are done. Um, uh, upset alert for Ole Miss on the road? Um, I'm not sure I'm buying that. I really like Ole Miss in this spot, and uh, okay. you know for a few reasons. Like you said, um, you know LSU was coming off of a win over Alabama when it went up to Fayetteville and had those struggles. So, you know that was a bit of an emotional high, and uh, you know an unexpected emotional high to be quite honest. And uh, you know Brian Kelly, you you always hope to be able to teach those sorts of lessons after a win, and he was after a thirteen to ten win. Um, So you know, but that was that was definitely a case of a team that like had a little more success than it was anticipating, and. uh, you know, almost had the devastating letdown the next week. But on the other hand, here you have, you know, Wayne Kiffin's Ole Miss team. I really liked the fire that he showed in his post-game press conference. He, you know, I can't repeat what he said right. on on the radio, Jordy. I wouldn't do that to you and uh, Thank you. your respectable Thank program you. here. I don't want you to get fined or anything, but uh, <laughs> I liked the fire that, 
that Lane Kiffin showed there. He's like, look, like, yeah, maybe in the past this is a this is a moral victory for Ole Miss, but not anymore. Those days are done. You know, they won ten regular season games for the first time in program history last year, and he still has them in a position to do it for the second time in program history this year. I think he can go into Arkansas and win. I think he can beat Mississippi State again in the Egg Bowl. So, you know, I, I really like this position for Ole Miss, and I liked that that was the tone that Lane Kiffin set after that Alabama game. It's like, it's not enough to be close. It's not enough to put up a bunch of yards on Alabama. We expect to win that game. And so like, I expect them to come out strong. This is the number one rushing offense in the SEC against uh, the number three rushing offense in the SEC. So, you know, don't blink because I I expect this game to get in under three hours because I I think both of these teams are going to really try to run the ball and, uh, and, and kill the clock a little bit. Wouldn't that be nice? Do you think there's some behind-the-scenes talk between Ole Miss administrators and Lane Kiffin's representation? Are you are you buying this this um, this Auburn situation? Would Kiffin leave to go to Auburn? I don't think Kiffin would leave to go to Auburn. But if I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm trying to make Ole Miss think that I'm a, I have a yeah. foot out the door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I think that. Yeah. And, and it does sound like Ole Miss is potentially willing to pony up a little bit more dough to keep him around. But uh, if I'm if I'm Lane Kiffin, I have my sights set on one job and one job only, and that is the Alabama job. I think that he, like we just said, you know, first ten win regular season in program history last year. He has a chance to repeat this year, despite an entirely different roster. You know, that, that's, that's almost unheard of to be able to have that level of success with, you know, two new coordinators, too. So I think his stock is rising. And if I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm holding out. I'm, I'm anticipating, you know, maybe three more years of Nick Saban, and then he rides off into the sunset. You know, maybe Nick wow. Saban, if Nick Saban wins one more national championship, maybe he chooses to go out on top and join college game day. I don't know. I'm not inside Nick Saban's head. But if I'm Lane right. Kiffin, I'm holding out for that Alabama job. That doesn't mean I can't maximize my profits at the Ole Miss in the meantime. Has Saban earned enough clout where he could go and uh, to the athletic director and say, here's the guy that uh, needs to replace me as I re- step out the door? Does he have that, or would that be a, a foolish move on uh, Alabama's athletic director to follow? I, I honestly I, I don't see Nick Saban having that type of personality because, to me, he just seems like the kind of guy that, like, well, if I'm not doing it, like I don't really care. Like yeah. I don't necessarily see him yeah, I think you know, you're hanging right. around. I don't see him like hanging around the program after, you know, the way like uh you know, like a Joe Paterno or a Bobby Bowden did or anything. Like I, I just don't I don't know that they would uh that, that he's wired that way. I th- I do think that he has a career on uh, college game day as an analyst ahead of him and can do whatever he wants. But uh right. if he did if he did say, I want Lane Kiffin to take this job, then Alabama would be foolish not to listen to him, frankly. Um, okay. You know, he's, he's not going to make that recommendation unless he has supreme confidence in, his, in the guy that he's choosing. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he, I think Saban can see that Kiffin connects with the players of this era. And uh, it, it, w- it would be a smart choice. I just don't see Saban necessarily okay. going out on a limb and making that endorsement. That's fair enough. Adam Spencer, Saturday Down South. Let's go to the argument out there. It's been much ballyhooed. If LSU runs the table, beats Georgia, 
what does the playoff committee do about the SEC and the Final Four? If they run the table, that means they've beaten Ole Miss, they've beaten Alabama, they've beaten Georgia. Tennessee comes and beats the heck out of LSU in Baton Rouge. Georgia beats the heck out of Tennessee in uh, Athens. So what do you do? What, what do you think the committee does there? Yeah, I mean, that comes down to needing some help at that point, right? Like, you need USC to lose, um, which is not out of the question. You know, right. they have a tough game against UCLA this weekend. They still have Notre Dame. They still have a potential Pac-12 title game. So, you know, that's not crazy. You need TCU to lose. Uh, that's also not crazy. You know, this is a tough spot. This is an 11 a.m. Uh, kickoff at Baylor. in Waco. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and Dave Aranda, you know, he, he's going to have his guys ready to play. You you guys yeah. are quite familiar with Dave Aranda down there. Uh, yeah, you know, he's he's a heck of a coach. Uh, he's going to have his guys ready to go. Uh, he's going to have them, you know, eager to pull off this upset and then TCU's playoff chances. Even if TCU wins that game, they still have to play in the Big Twelve title game, where you know maybe they get another shot at Kansas State, and Kansas State will be hungry to avenge that loss, you know, so right. uh, you need those two teams to lose. You need USC to lose, you need uh, you need TCU to lose, and then you need the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, to absolutely blow the other school out of the water. Right. Uh, well, you know, me, you need, I, I, you, if Ohio State wins by, like, 30, Michigan's done, because we've seen Michigan against right. Georgia last year, uh, You know, right. and I know it's different players, different teams, but you know, the committee will still be impacted by that. If all those scenarios happen, uh, as you laid that out, if the, if USC loses, if TCU loses, um, and, and Michigan gets beat by 50, SEC gets three teams in? I, it would be tough to keep them out. You're, you're trying to tell us that, that the four best teams, regardless of conference affiliation, make the – make the postseason. If LSU yeah. is the only team that is able to beat Georgia, how do you look America in the eye and say, this is not one of the four best teams? You just can't do it. You just like, right. and, and this is, this is like, this is the classic like March madness case where, you know, like just Kentucky just lost to unranked Michigan state, you know, Florida right. just lost to FAU. Well, right. those teams are going to be so much different in March, LSU is clearly so much different than that week one game against no Florida State. So, yeah. you know, I, I even I even made the point the other day that, like, depending on how that Ohio State-Michigan game goes, you could honestly make a case that the four best teams in the country would be, if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, you could make the case that, and it would be crazy, they would never do this, three SEC teams would be enough, but... Imagine a Final Four of Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, and Alabama. Like Alabama it. is not a bad team. They have no. They have played. They've lost on two last-second plays and in overtime. Crazy to think in overtime, yeah. and it's just crazy yeah. to think that like we've relegated them to the Citrus Bowl, basically. When uh, when they're they're absolutely they have two <laughs> top five draft picks on that team and and like so you could honestly make the case that if you were just picking depending on the Ohio State Michigan game that's the only that's the only outlier here because the winner of that game will have a very solid case for a top four spot obviously but I you can make the case that if that game is ugly that the four best teams really reside in the SEC yeah I, I remember 2007 LSU lost two games in overtime 
and they got into the BCS championship game. So stranger things can happen. You, you just never, 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 never know. But if none of that happens and, and, and LSU beats Georgia, um, LSU should be in as the SEC champion. Then the question is, I guess Georgia's in the best position because they beat Tennessee head up, right? Yeah, I think I think honestly at this point Georgia is pretty much a lock. Like I don't okay. if they lose if they lose at Kentucky, which I just don't see happening. You know, this is a Kentucky team that's banged up. You know, the offensive line is trying to get Will Levis killed. Um, yeah. You know, so yes. I, I don't see I don't see Kentucky pulling off the upset. Um, I definitely don't see Georgia Tech pulling off the upset. So no. you make it no. to the you make it to the SEC championship game undefeated. You're in. Like that's that's a shoe in, you know, TCU loses Tennessee's right there at number five. I think that's what the committee has been sending the message to the horned frogs. It's like, look, like you're in, but like you lose and uh, boom, now Tennessee's right there to, to jump you. Like we don't, you have to keep winning to keep proving to us that you belong. Um, and so if they win out, TCU's in, but if they, if they falter even a little bit, there's Tennessee right there. And I think that Tennessee would be in the final four, even, even if, you know, even if USC finishes the year with one loss. That's awesome. Um, Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. Uh, if I don't get a chance to talk to you before it, you and yours, I hope you have a wonderful, fun Thanksgiving holiday. And it's always great having you on. But I can't, I can't thank you enough for your time. I really mean that. Well, I appreciate that, Jordy. And uh, I look forward to talking to you about Rivalry Week and uh, some college hoops coming up here, too. You got it, my friend. Count on it. Thank you so much. Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South. Um, Let's see here. Uh, I've got to read this. Hold on. Let me find. i got so many emails. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, It's another great deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, you can get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers. For just $15, that's a $30 deal for half the price. Once again, visit Acadiana Deals today to get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for only $15. Come on. What a deal. What a deal. George Faust, Fridays with Faust, when we continue here on the Jordy Helpert Show. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for sports in southwest Louisiana. Stay with us. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY sports director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, what's happening, buddy? Happy Friday to you, man. Thanks for your time as always. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, happy Friday to you. And, uh, yeah, everything's going and uh, cruising along like it should on a Friday. You got that Fu Manchu man working? What, what are we doing here? Is it no shave November? What do we got working here? <laughs> you know, I've gotten more compliments on the, uh, on the goat than, uh, <laughs> than I've ever gotten in my life. It's crazy. I, I, you know, every once in a while I, I kind of let it grow out. And then uh, my wife likes the way it looks. And uh, I guess that's all that really matters. But everybody's yeah. like, oh, dude, I like the way that looks. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to try it out for a couple weeks. We'll see what happens. Sometimes I get, I, it, get, it gets annoying. So I, I got yes. to cut yes. it off. So. Hey, how's, how's the Cajun men's basketball team look? They, they seem like they're a pretty good club. 
Yeah, they got they got a little talent. <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last night, of course, they they played Louisiana Tech. Perhaps the best atmosphere that I've seen at a Cajun game, uh, I would say in probably I don't know a good good five six years. It's been a long That's time awesome. since the Cajun Dome was rocking like that. Uh, there was a lot of lot lot of enthusiasm. I mean. There's probably three thousand, three to four, five, maybe five, maybe on the high end, five, five thousand there. You know, uh-huh. uh, that that be that might be a little high. It was probably about three thirty five hundred, something like that. I didn't see the official attendance, but uh, I mean, it sounded a lot more than there were in there. That's for sure, and it just goes to show you, you know, you put a put a, a solid product on the court. Yeah. and uh, you can you can you can make that place a a true home court advantage. I the band helped too. A... They had the they had the they had the band out. I felt like a tournament game, like a NCAA Always tournament helps. game. I wish everybody would build a, an arena kind of like what Tulane has. Tulane understands their role, and they got a small little holds maybe three, maybe four thousand people. So when right. you get two thousand people, the place is loud. It feels like it's packed. Um, all right. these, I understand Cajun Dome has concerts and all that stuff, so I understand the reasoning for it. But man. Basketball, let's keep it high and tight and uh, make it sound louder. Anyway, that's just Look, my thing. Even, uh, even the, one of the best programs in the country only seats, what, 8,000? Is that right? Uh, Duke, you know, at yeah. Cameron Indoor? Yeah. The, yeah. They don't, they, they, don't, they don't get too big. I mean, they could probably yeah. fit 20,000 in there if they Absolutely. wanted. You know, I mean, in, a, in an arena. If yeah. they, <laughs> Gonzaga's not very big. I, I, I'm telling you, there's a reason, there's a reason for it. Um George Faust with us. All right, high school football. Man, this is playoff time. It's going to be cold tonight. Uh, what's the best game in town, you think? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's the easiest question you've ever asked me, Jordy. That's a Katie and a Karen Crow, man. There's there's no nice. game that's uh, got the got the um, hearts and minds of uh, the people here in Acadiana. It's a rivalry contest that uh, kind of lost a little bit of luster over the past few seasons because Carico was a 4A school and Acadiana was a 5A. But uh, prior to that, Carico was a 5A, and that was the, one of the biggest rival uh, matchups you could uh, you could dial yeah. up. And uh, now they play twice in three weeks uh, because wow. they ended the regular season. It was a one-point game, uh, and Carico only lost that game because they went for two. And didn't get it on a, on a final play. Acadiana, yeah, nice. both schools are 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 they have great talent. They have uh, they have solid offenses that that like that can score at will almost. Um, so I think uh, what what it, it ends up happening in this contest is is going to be determined by the uh, the defense and which defense can actually maybe get a couple of stops. And uh, and their offense turned that stop into points, and and hmm. it's, now it's goes the higher uh, seed, uh, the lower seed rather. So they'll they'll host the game, correct? Karen Crow is hosting. That that is correct. They had a bye last week, so uh, okay. Acadiana uh, was in action last week. And, well, they were they were on cruise control last week. They played Riverdale and won seventy to nothing. So oh, <laughs> mercy. Yeah. Hey. Mercy yeah, me. You know, um, look, if you, I, I, did, I did a little research. I, I didn't uh, officially count it out in my head, but I, I looked at the scores from last week's contests, and it, it was ridiculous. There were in the in the brackets that I looked at, which was most of them. There were there was only three games 
where the score was seven points or less differential in the in the winner and the loser. You, know, you yeah. understand what I'm saying? So yes, uh, it, 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 everything else was either you know t- it was eleven or more points. Uh, and that's uh, most of them were probably twenty or plus. Uh, it was ridiculous. So yeah, it's, I got you beat. It, 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 it's still a work in progress with regards yeah. to what the LHSA is trying to do with their with their you know their system yeah. and and how they yeah. how they improve the playoffs. So it's better than it was. It's still got a lot of work to, ways go to go. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I got you beat, George. You ready for this one? Uh, okay. My daughter plays basketball for St. Joseph's Academy, as you well know. Um, yep. And the JV and the varsity played some school in Baton Rouge called collegiate prep and the reason i say that because notre dame the pios are playing lake charles college prep in the playoffs so anyway um right i walk into the gym i'm gonna watch a little bit of the jv game and i look up at the scoreboard it's two minutes left to go in the third quarter okay st joseph's academy 62 collegiate prep of baton rouge zero zero they never scored a point in three quarters. And they weren't it <laughs> oh wasn't like goodness. they weren't pressing. They were just playing back. It was like, golly, what do you do? Final score, 74 to nothing. I've never seen that before in my life. I felt so badly for those kids. Right. I couldn't believe yeah. It. It's almost it's almost like why have a team? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, wow. the, good news is, that... the good news is there's a new rule which I just found out in high school basketball. If at any point there's a 35 point differential. Running clock, running oh, that's clock. Good. Yeah, and that's the thing in the Acadiana Riverdale game. The, uh, the the running clock started with nine minutes left in the second quarter. It was wow. forty-two to nothing. Yeah, Acadiana that's that's the only with that, nine that's the only to way to do it. Half. Yeah, that's the only way to do it. it. My goodness gracious sakes! Yeah, it, um, that game ended at eight forty. I was like, man, I could get used to this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I feel for those clubs, but hey, it is what it is. Um, it's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, did the Raging Cajuns put forth a good effort? What, what do you think that thing looks like against Florida Ooh. State tomorrow at 11 a.m.? So last I saw it was, what, 24 points was the spread? Yep. yep. Wow. Um, yep. I, look, I, I think it's an opportunity for the Cajuns if we're talking about what you really get out of this game besides a check is right. the opportunity to, you know, avoid injury and yep. do uh, work on stuff that you need to work on so that you can become bull eligible. And then, look, if you get this game into the third quarter or late, uh, early fourth quarter and you, you're you 10 points down or, you know, oh, or you're a win. Or by some way you're up, well, then now you go play to win that thing even better. I mean, you're playing to win no matter what. Don't sure. get me wrong. There's not sure. that, there's no question about that. But if you get into a situation where you know you're 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 at a at a point where it just doesn't look like you're going to do it, you, you know you're trying to avoid injury and you're trying to make put, sure that uh, uh, you're setting yourself put your up young for, kids in, yeah, for that Texas State game to where right. you don't you, know, you have that opportunity to get, become bowl eligible. So I hey, I don't know I, I it, it just the way the Cajuns have been inconsistent this year. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, is is Ben Woolridge going to be all right? Is he is he going to be up to the, the the Ben that we saw a few uh, you know for a few games in the middle of the season, or is it going to be kind of a question mark on what 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 we're going to get from him on the offensive side yeah. of the ball? 
obviously Florida State has the edge. I, I think uh, the the Cajuns ha- aren't afraid to go play that. You know, that go, no. they're going to go in and give their best shot. And and who knows? Like I said, late in the game, if you're if you're in the in the contest, yeah, man, you you pull out all the stops. You know, you you run the. Yeah. The fumble Ruski, you know, from the twenty yard line going in, you know, that's something like that. You know, there's, so, there, but uh, I, I think it's a, it's an opportunity for you to when you start the game, you gotta, you gotta get out early. If you're gonna beat this team, you gotta, you gotta score early. You gotta have the lead early. You gotta hang around, and you gotta give yourself a chance late in the contest. Right, one last question, thirty seconds. Uh, has uh, as an alumnus of. Uh, the University of Mississippi in Oxford have they have they hit you up to the for the Lane Kiffin Fund to make sure he stays in Oxford and doesn't go to the, the Plains of Auburn? Nobody, nobody's hit me up at the moment. Nobody's hit me up. I, I, but I, I, yeah, I look. They offered him a contract, right? And he, he's yeah. sitting on that. I, I don't know uh, what Auburn's going to counter with. Auburn should go after Hugh Freeze. That's what there I think go. should happen. There you go. All right, George Faust. Um, I will be off next Friday, so I, I will wish you and your family a very, very, very happy Thanksgiving. And uh, keep Sounds the goat going, too. man. Keep the, keep the goatee going, man. Looking good. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> All right, Jordy. Good to talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving to, to you, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. George Faust. Thank you, sir. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holdberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right. Welcome back. It's my uh, favorite day of the week, favorite time of the the day of my favorite day of the week because we get to make some picks with my friends james mesh back in the master control suite in the game studios and my buddy george becknell um of fame and fortune george how are you sir Jordan, I'm, I'm fantastic my brother how you feeling i am uh, i'm good it's friday and you're going to the our first uh game that we're going to pick today you're going to be inside the uh the blender for the best team in the East, the Boston Celtics, versus a team that's won three in a row in the New Orleans Pelicans. I think it's a great litmus test for this club to see what they can do, how they can do, who's going to guard some of the great players for the Celtics. Um, It's a great opportunity. Uh, What do you think, George? What do you think of this one? Oh, man, George, I'm I'm excited for this matchup. Is Zion uh... playing? I don't think he is. I, I know he was out the other night. Um, right. He's missed a couple. So I'm, ex- I'm, I'm expecting for him not to play. Okay. But even if Zion doesn't, I, I still like the Pelicans' chances. You know, it's a home crowd. Um, I like what the Pelicans got going on. They're getting some good play from Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, Jose, Jose. You know, and I like Valentunas in Jose, the middle. Jose, 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 Jose. Yeah. <laughs> so I like Valentunas in the middle, and and I think Valentunas is is going to be what makes a difference, because if you look at the Celtics, they have a great perimeter 
but they don't have that inside presence. So I'm expecting the Pelicans to win a close one at home because, to you, to your point, Jordan, they know it's a big litmus test. They know it's a big game for them. They know it's a chance to show off that they can accomplish all what's expected of them. Yeah. So I think they come ready, and I think the Pelicans get it done in a close game at the blender. James Mesh, who do you put? Uh, who, who who do you put on Jason Tatum? Do you put Herb Jones on Tatum, or do you put Herb J- Jones on Jalen Brown? They got two studs. That's your best defender. Come on, Coach Coach Mesh, tell me who you put on him. Mm, that's interesting. I think maybe you put him on Jalen Brown because he's more of he he seems like better of a scorer. Whereas Jason Tatum, he's kind of evolved himself to be a predominant scorer as well as he's gotten a lot better passing the last couple of years. So I think if I were to just, I think I'd just put him on Jalen Brown himself. If that was a test. That was a test for your basketball acumen. You are 100% correct there. Very good. So who do you like? For me, uh, even though Marcus Smart's not going to be out there tonight, still looking for Zion news. I tried to look it up for y'all while while it was my turn, but I am, I am so jealous of George because I've been wanting to go see the Celtics live and I just have not been able to yet in my life. But ultimately, I think the Celtics are a much better team. They're all they're on an eight-game winning streak that have the number one offense in the league. And yeah. we've seen the, the Pelicans. They've struggled defensively at times to stop other team scores. If this were football, I would take the Celtics. But this is basketball. Eight-game winning streaks are going to come to an end. They're coming down from being up in the north. They're coming down here. The travel and all that. Give me the Pels. They've been at home. They've been resting. They've won three in a row. Pelicans get the win in this one. Then they get, then they get Golden State and Steph Curry, who still hasn't won on the road. We'll talk about that another day. All right, let's get to... College football. I think everybody in the SEC is hoping that Dave Aranda, the former LSU defensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Baylor Bears, George, can get a win. They're at home. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff. TCU, the Horned Frogs, number four in the college football playoff poll, favored by two and a half. Can Aranda and company pull off the upset and knock TCU out forever? Man, Jordan, I sure hope so, but Aranda don't have Devin White. He don't have D.J. Stingley. He don't have Tredavious <laughs> White. He, and, and he needs a big-time defense performance because this TCU Horn Frog team is unstoppable offensively, and they play solid defense for Big yeah. 12 standards. So I'm rooting for Aranda. I'm going to have my rally cap on, but if I'm betting money, I bet money on them Horn Frogs because I don't see Baylor stopping them. All right, James Mesh. I'm leaning towards the Horn Frog as well because if you hic- if you have one hiccup, it's over. Your your your, yeah. your playoff chances are over. So you, this is another must win. And I, I think when it comes down to it, they are two and a half kind of to three point favors depending on where you look. But I, I think TCU ends up winning by almost a touchdown. I love their quarterback. I love his story. I love how he plays. I think TCU is um, is that team this year kind of like Cincinnati was a year ago. I know they're not a group of five. I know they're in the Big 12. But don't we think of the Big 12 as kind of a group of five conference? Ooh, that's a shot. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, give me the Horn Frogs. All right, Bedlam, Bedlam, Bedlam. Oklahoma State started off great. Boy, have they fallen into the abyss. And Oklahoma at home, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> they've, they've had a pathetic year for the Sooners. 
So the lesser of two evils, who you got, the Cowboys or the Sooners? Well, Jordan, I got to go with the Sooners. I think I think the Sooners, if you look at this rivalry over the years, they own Oklahoma State. There's no question about it. Yeah. Even though I'm a Mike Gundy fan, I'm a man, come after me. But I, I just feel like they they don't have this game mentally. And they and like you said, they've fallen off a lot. Yeah. So I, I give give me Oklahoma in a game where we might see a hundred points <laughs> between the two teams. So give me Oklahoma. All right. Um, no Spencer Rattler for the Sooners. Boy, whatever. He's supposed to be the greatest player ever. Nuh-uh. No, thank you. I don't want him. Uh, James, you got the Sooners or the Cowboys? I think with the fact that the Cowboys kind of got a get right game again and were able to beat Iowa State last week, I, I think that helps them because right now Oklahoma's on a two-game losing streak. And I remember when I said I had picked them over to Texas and I said I'm, I'm not going to pick them again. I'm going to keep with that. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State. Um, give me Gundy over the first year head coach. Ooh. I don't know why. Give me the Cowboys to beat the Sooners and send them into ugh, whatever. All right, we got the Battle of Tinseltown. The USC Trojans going to the Rose Bowl to take on UCLA. Trojans favored by one and a half. Here's another team everybody in the Southeastern Conference hopes falls on the sword this weekend. George, who you got? Jordan, I think SEC fans will be pleased after this game because I just don't believe in the Trojans. I, I, they, they, they're, not, they're not good to me. And when you look at a guy like Dorian Thompson Robinson, this guy is more than capable of taking care of UCLA, at, I mean USC at home, excuse me. He's got all the weapons. They are a good football team. They had a couple of stumbles, but I think they take care of USC at home this weekend so give me ucla in an upset all right he likes the bruins uh what say you james mesh i was initially going to go with the trojans but looking at their schedule they've only played one top 25 team and they had lost to them whereas with ucla that i feel like they've had a much more impressive schedule the way they've been able to win so i'm going to go with the bruins on this one let's make it unanimous Let's make it unanimous. Uh, Chip Kelly pulls his uh, his best version of John Wooden and uh, <laughs> goes and gets it done and sends USC bye-bye um, and a feather in the cap for Chip Kelly. So let's go Bruins. Come on. Uh, we saw what happened to LSU when they went to Arkansas. Now it's Ole Miss's turn to go. It's supposed to be even colder in Fayetteville. Ole Miss coming off that uh, that loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Arkansas, a three-point loser to LSU, um, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin favored by two and a half. This is a tough one to pick, I think. George, what do you like? Two and a half. Interesting. Uh, George, I mean, give me give me the give me the old bit Ole Miss fighting rebels, black bears, whatever they call themselves. Okay. <laughs> give me, you know, because I just feel like Ole Miss, in my opinion, is more of a weld all machine offensively than LSU. And I think they're gonna put up more points than LSU did last week. And they're going to be able to kind of win going away. I think Arkansas shuts it down after they get down a couple of scores. So give me Ole Miss in this one. All right. Uh, James, what do you think? I think the issue with LSU last Saturday was the fact that they basically had just woke up and were like, oh, shoot, we got to play a football game at 11 a.m. Whereas with this kickoff, even though it's going to be colder in the low to mid 30s, the fact that it's not going to be till 6 30, they'll have plenty of time to kind of get ready for this game. So I think they'll okay. better be they'll be better prepared and kind of be more awake, I guess you could say. 
So uh, I'm going to go with the Rebels as well on this one. Uh, KJ Jefferson's supposed to play. I think Arkansas is overdue. I think Ole Miss has a hangover from their loss. I, I know Lane Kiffin was all pumped up and fired up and all that kind of stuff, but the players have to play. KJ Jefferson's back after missing a bunch of games. Arkansas is not a bad club at all. They play some good, good defense. Just ask LSU. The the difference is KJ Jefferson's back on the field. Give me the Arkansas Razorbacks to win it. Um, Georgia has their toughest road trip of the season when they travel to Kentucky. Yes, the Wildcats who just lost to Vanderbilt in Lexington. Georgia favored by 22 and a half. Georgia's going to win, but are they going to cover the 22 and a half, George? No, they're not. Because as, as good as their defense is, that's how pedestrian their offense is, in my opinion. I don't believe in Stetson Bennett like that. Um, obviously, they're better than Kentucky. They'll win. But they kind of slow it down and, and and run the ball a lot when they're up. I see them winning this game by 14 points. It's going to be a dominant 14. Okay. But they're going to win it by 14. Uh, James, do they cover the 22 and a half? I see this being more of a kind of 34 to – 17 game uh, I, okay. I think georgia definitely wins this but i, I think kentucky has enough yeah. fight and they're able to uh cover the spread i don't know if georgia can score i mean i think what georgia would like to do is what tennessee did to missouri and put up 66 uh, in <laughs> case just in case lsu beats them in the sec championship game they'll they'll have separated themselves from everybody so much so prior to that that they can't, even if they lose, they're in the playoff, which I still think they are regardless. But um, I think Georgia covers the 22 and a half. So give me uh, Kirby Smart and the dogs on that one. All right, the Raging Cajuns uh, go to Tallahassee. They're going to pick up a check anywhere from a million, million and two. Seminoles favored by 24 and a half points. James, I'm going to let you go first, the Cajun that you are. Um, Your thoughts on this one? See Initially, throughout the week, I thought, okay, well, it's a 24-point spread now, 24-and-a-half. I felt really good that the Cajuns could make it a little more of a ball game. But I did hear that the Cajuns may be without Ben Woolridge. So if that's the case, I'm going to go all the way with Florida State. What's his, what's his injury? What did he get? Uh, I heard it's something about the lower body, but he... Oh. From what I heard, is he is not going to be in for uh, against Tal- against in Tallahassee against Florida State. Oh, he's not going to be there. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's or, or like he's not he's not going to play. Is what all I right. had heard. Okay, all right. We we shall keep an update on that. Uh, with that being said, George, Florida State up twenty four and a half. Who you who you taking? I give me the Cajuns on the spread. You know, I, I just don't. I just don't believe in Florida State like that. Like I think if you look at Florida State's schedule, they they've beaten some bad teams pretty decisively, but when they when they've been challenged, they haven't really done much. I, I don't I don't think the offense is that dynamic. I don't think they score a bunch of points. So give me the Cajuns to cover the spread. Um, I'd like the Cajuns to win the game, but I'm not that I'm not that bold to pick them. So give me Florida State to win and not cover. Uh, quarterback is key if they, if what James says is accurate and I'm not doubting him in any way, shape, or form. That certainly does something. 11 o'clock kickoff, not going to be a good crowd. I can promise you that. So that's UL's favor. Um, Florida State's playing pretty good, though. 
Uh, UL's playing pretty good. They had the best win against Georgia Southern. One of their best wins of the year against Georgia Southern. Uh, oh man, twenty four and a half. Wow. Um, it is a it's a pretty tough number. That's a tough one. Um, I think Florida State wins by twenty four. So take the Cajuns in that one. Take the Cajuns. <laughs> UAB. I don't know. UAB at LSU Tigers fourteen and a half. Senior Senior Day. Um, a lot at stake here, right? It's, it's so much at stake. They lose another game. I don't care if they win the SEC championship game or not. They ain't going to the playoffs. So too much at stake. George, go ahead. Oh, Jordan, this is this is one. This is a money game for a reason. They're gonna they're gonna take care of UAB and they're gonna beat them pretty convincingly. I think they cover the spread, and I also think you see uh, some of Garrett Nussmeyer because you can't afford to to hurt Jaden Daniels. So give me LSU to cover the spread and win this one big. All right. At home. All right. Good. James? The fact that it's going to be in the low to mid 40s at 8 p.m. God, that's such a weird time. I don't know why they it did really that. Is. But it, And then it's also going to be raining. I was anticipating going to that game because I did get some tickets. But then I, with me feeling a little under the weather, I'm like, yeah, no shot. No shot at this point. I, <laughs> I think with the weather, I think that's going to affect in why LSU may only win by, I want to say, I want to say 17. I don't think they. I don't think they're able to score a bunch of points because I wonder about the weather and the rain itself. I wonder if that prevents okay. them from scoring a couple of touchdowns, or maybe uh, the kicker like kind of slips, or like the ball kind of messes okay. up, and they 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 miss like a field goal or two to kind of ruin the the spread a little bit. I got you. Um, Ole Miss was supposed to be a really good running team, right? Did they run the ball worth the worth a nickel against LSU? Heck no, 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 they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, UAB's got a good running, but they ain't going to run on LSU. Um, I don't care what mm-hmm. the weather is in this thing. Give me LSU way over the 14 and a half. Too good of a coaching staff. They will pound into the LSU players' minds the significance and the importance of this game. Um, I think LSU will roll and roll convincingly. One more LSU question before we move on. Jaden Daniels, is he a Tiger next year, or does he opt to go to the NFL? Oh, Jaden Daniels is so gone. It's not even funny. Really? Like he's, he's he's out of here, Jordan. I, I think especially the way he's thrown the ball over the last few weeks, he's gotten better as a passer. I think he's gone. All right. I, I, you know. Wow. All right, James, your thought. I, I slightly lean towards maybe him moving on, trying to go to the NFL, but I think it also all depends on how the rest of the season goes for LSU because, like, let's say they do – lose to Texas A&M somehow or they do lose or if they lose to Georgia I feel like if if that that would kind of leave a bad taste in his mouth to where he'd be like okay let's give it one more run back since I do have a super senior season and then give it one more shot but I I think if they do make it farther than we kind of anticipate and they do get to the playoffs then I think no matter what happens then at that point I think maybe he leaves Brian Kelly's going to go get all the info from the NFL scouts and they're going to say, look, dude, here's what they're saying. You're going to be a third round pick. You, you got to work on this, this, and this. We're going to get the NIL money for you. You come back to LSU one more year. We're going to be a national championship contender. And I believe they will be with that. Yeah, they, if you say, the, the difference, the difference he made from week one to now. Unbelievable. Just think with another year under his belt with the talent, I think he wants to win. And I think the NIL money will be good, and he can improve his draft stock with one more year in the SEC. I think he's. Let me remind you, 
his junior year was much better than Joe Burrow's junior year. That's all I'm saying. Not saying yeah. the guy's Joe Burrow. Right. But that's right. all I'm saying. Um, I understand. I think he comes back. I think he can be better because I think he wants to win. I think he has a chance to win something big. Might be even a Heisman Trophy winner. So we'll go with that. All right. The game that nobody gives a flying Walinda about. The Saints are four and a half point favorites over the Rams, George. No uh, Cam Jordan. No um, no Marshawn Lattimore. No this. No that. No, uh, I mean, no Cooper Cup. I don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to play or not. Uh, who is. knows? Who cares? Who you got? I mean, we're just rooting for like clothes at this point. Uh, I, 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 I give me the Saints. You know, you gonna be I, I there? just yeah, you gonna I'll stay? be there. Yeah. Of course, you are. I'll be there. I'm gonna stay the whole time. You know, it's my rule. You yeah. know, like I don't, I don't leave early at all. So I'll be there as fun or as painful as it may be. They win, th- they win throwbacks, which is interesting. Yeah. But yeah, this this game is. Give me the Saints. Just why not? Because the Rams all have been right. just as bad. Nail on the road. James Saints Rams. I'm going to Rams. Uh, I have no faith right now. With all with all the with all the injuries for the starting lineup for the offense and then or for the defense and then you've also got multiple injuries on the defensive line and then Andy Dalton's still starting. I, uh, it's like I, I I'm over it. I, I read Fire a, Dennis Allen. I read a story where Sean Payton was in New Orleans. He's living out in in, in Los Angeles area because he does that studio show. He came back to New Orleans for something and gave a pep talk to the to the Saints. Guess what game that was that he gave the pep talk and, and got them all got fired, got them all ready to roll. That was the Vegas the Raiders, Raiders game. 24-zip, the Saints win. He's been gone. The Saints have been gone. Saints are going to win this one over the Rams. I don't care. I'm not going to even watch it. George, thank you. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to you. We'll be back to wrap it all up here on the Jordy Helpert Show. See you soon, my friend. All right, brother. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, finishing touches to the week and to this Friday edition. Thanks to all of our guests today, too numerous to mention. But if today is your birthday, November the 18th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Big Poppy. All right. Big Poppy's 47. Uh, she won four golds in the 2012 London Olympics. Sprinter Allison Felix is 37 today. And the 2016 Daytona 500 winner, Denny Hamlin, is 42 today. James, thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to our partners. Everybody have a great weekend. I hope your teams win. Come on back Monday, same time, two to four, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another, and please be happy. Have a great weekend, everybody.